Hey, yo, what's good, what's good, what's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the road podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. I've got DJ Never. Yo, what's up, y'all? I got DJ D Miles. Oops. He's no, you gone. don't. He's Everybody. MIA. He's, <laughs> he's getting his ass fixed again. I got Jamie the Great. Yeah, what up? And I got a special guest host with us, our homie, uh, DJ Ross One. You. What's up, Mr. Raptees? And uh, we got something different today. We have... Um, a good friend of ours. I've known him for a few years now. Uh, I met him behind the scenes when he was shooting a bunch of, uh, I guess, promo videos for all the DJs and kind of like laid out the formula and the format for like all of these like video content that emerged for DJs and nightlife and uh, did a bunch of shit for Hakkasan, Pharrell, uh, Joey Coy. And now he's actually, I didn't know he was even an actor, but he's going to be in the new Marvel TV show on Hulu, Hellstrom. And he's also in an independent movie that's premiering. I guess there's some premieres this week for Paper Tigers that just got distribution. Big shout out to my man. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Elaine Ui, right? What's up, man? Yes. Thank you, man. Ooh, up, I get man? a round of applause. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's good. <laughs> Appreciate What's good, it. man? Appreciate it. Oh, you know, just hanging out with you guys. I'm, yeah. I, it sucks because I can't, you know, you're introducing all these DJs. I'm like, damn it, I'm not a DJ, but shit. Yeah, yeah. I tried once. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> well, like, I don't think people know you, but like, you know, Ross One, he had the the Keep It Moving kind of video series, right? There was a volume yeah. one, and then yeah. there was a volume yeah. two. Two. Which had and like, we, we, yeah, which had like Pitbull, Little John, I was in it, uh, Stone and Graham, Rathacon, Sujit. That one actually got a lot of views, right, Ross? It was, it was um, yeah, did pretty well, I think. And it was, <laughs> yeah. and I think it was kind of like the first time I don't know, like a DJ really put out some type of video content like that, right? I, in my in my view, that's how it was. No, I think DJs were putting out content uh, like promotional videos, but I think ours had a little bit more of a story to it. You know, we tried yeah. to make it a little bit more than just kind of like club footage or find a way to have club footage in a way that, that told, you know, yeah, some kind of a story. And the visuals yeah. were amazing. I mean, I remember, uh, uh, Lane, you had, uh, was it with Them 2 Productions? Yeah, 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 with Them 2. Yeah, we, we uh, you know, it's one of the things that Ross said, you know, we we've, in some ways, we were at the forefront of a lot of that, um, you know, promotional video stuff. We were working closely with AMG before they became Akasan. So it was like, how do we make this cool? How do we make this right? But we quickly figured out, like, a lot of the stuff that we created started to become stale and it became like white noise. Yeah. And really didn't really share the stuff that I saw that I witnessed mm -hmm. when I was, you know, documenting like Ross or Vice or you guys at Scam or right. whatever it was that, that I was like, this is this is this is more interesting than just the promotional stuff. You know, it's like it, it started to feel like everyone's doing like a circle jerk for themselves. Like, oh, yeah, look at me. I'm dope and blah, blah, blah. But really, what's really going behind the, the doors of, 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 a, of a DJ that's working? And yeah, and that's, you know, that's when Ross and I just kind of sat down and figured like, what what can we create that could be truthful? still promote you, but figure out a way to make it visually pleasing so that it's not just the white noise that you see. So that's what you get is, is that thing that we created. I think that was like, when was that? Like way back in 2012? 2012. No, it's, right? Something like that. It was like a three yeah. minute video. Was it three minutes? But it, took, it was it, it was seven minutes and it was January 2013. 2013. Oh, yeah. And it got over 50,000 views. But it took you guys yeah. like a year to make that. I think the one that got the most views was probably on the scam YouTube. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Sorry. I, think, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember. There was a couple different videos there. We, we used yeah. footage from 
some other times we had filmed together. I think I think like New Year's Eve was yeah something else that we incorporated into that video. So right, yeah, I think the first one was the one where it was around New Year's. That's the volume one one. That was yeah. technically the volume one where everyone was putting up their hands. It's the one, yeah, and then the I second, think. yeah, the second one was the keep it moving thing. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We were driving, yeah, we were driving around Hollywood in my brother's car and shooting that like phone conversation with you and Sujit, and that was really <laughs> yeah. fun to to cut up. And then obviously with Crooked too. That's <laughs> what a what a performance that was, man. <laughs> yeah, you know I've always said Crooked, like you you got you're really good, man. You're good in front of camera. I feel like you could be, you know that 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 transition into acting stuff. I, I really I don't firmly so. believe it. I don't think so. <laughs> What an Oscar su supporting role you did on that, but I just, know, man. I'm just good he at talking. I'm just good at talking shit to a certain extent. Um, <laughs> no, but fingers. yeah. So wait, I remember Elaine. You did the them two productions for a scam artist when they did the Las Vegas promo video, right? Yeah, yeah, I and, did that. And that, then you did the Miami, work. right? Mm -hmm. That's right. And then yeah, it, it took that. you guys a year to do that. Keep it moving too, right? Like. It, it it did I think right Ross like how long did that take for us to even time because we were filming in different locations and we both had busy schedules so it was kind of like I know I know you came to Miami for for the first one you came to Miami and shot and then we did L A and Vegas right um, right and then the keep it moving one was just kind of organizing you know we had like Pitbull and Little John J D so tr just trying to organize people just takes forever you know yeah yeah and then after I sell them on an idea when that they necessarily don't necessarily know what it's going to look like in the end. So I'm just right. like kind of begging them to, to take part in this thing, mm -hmm. which they, they were all so cool and did, you know, I, I was wondering, cause like when that came out, right, you started working at Hakkasan, you were doing like, and then them two started taking over all the Hakkasan video stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, we did. We, you know, it really started with you guys, um, with a Miami takeover first, where we did that sort of scam takeover. Then we did the Vegas takeover. But the folks who saw the Miami takeover were the folks at AMG and the people from Vegas. And they were like, who did this promo? Why can't we be doing something cool like this right. for our properties? Yeah. And so that's what we started that relationship with, with like Nick McCabe and, and uh, Alex Cordova and those guys at AMG. Mm -hmm. And then from there, they brought us on to promote the Wet Republic stuff and like 2000, I forget, but like 13 or 12 or no, I'm sorry, like 11, Yeah, 2011, where, um, whereby it was like, you know, the EDM DJs were coming. So like we filmed Afrojack's first Vegas performance where he didn't get paid. Like we were there, we documented that entire, like it was his first time being in Vegas. So a lot of that stuff we documented really, you know, propelled us into doing more stuff with Hakkasan. And eventually, you know, we ended up becoming their, um, quote unquote agency of record to produce their their marketing stuff. So all the photo shoot stuff, all the marketing assets. So at one point we all our stuff was all over Vegas, all over the digital billboards, yeah. all the print stuff. Like that was all us at some at, at one point uh, of the them two existence. So yeah. That AM Vegas video, I totally forgot about that. That's something that's really interesting to look back at. Kind of remember <laughs> <laughs> where DJing was at that time. And yeah. it's crazy the foothold that Scam really had in Vegas. I mean, there was a ton of clubs, a ton of unique nights, unique industry nights. And and they, each one had a DJ, each one had a vibe. That video is pretty crazy now looking back. Right. Yeah. How much, yeah. How much yeah. work there was, how much opportunity and, and 
you know, for DJ at the time. Was that the video where all the DJs were wearing suits? Yeah. On the strip? The all, yeah. At the, the Ocean yeah, 11 yeah. one? The Ocean 11 one? Yeah. 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 That's right. That's the you one. Yeah. Off, like probably 15 clubs in that video or something. I mean, you're just like, doom, 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 doom. everyone's residencies. It's just crazy now to go back and look at that, you know, to see where, yeah. where things are. And then Elaine went to work with Hakkasan, and then he started documenting all the EDM DJs. He was doing Tiesto, right. Calvin Harris. <laughs> I forgot about Charles. He's like, yeah. You know? <laughs> Wait, so Damn. follow the cash. So basically, what? How did this start? Because it was you and and your and I think your baby moms, right? You guys had yeah, a company yeah. called them too, and you just yeah. started doing commercials or you were doing independent. Yeah, of- no, it really first started with just you're right. Me and Angela, we. I was um, I was working for a publishing company, Condé Nast, which yeah. is like Women's Wear Daily and all that bullshit. And yeah. I just remember thinking to myself, I was like in my late 20s going, man, I've got nothing to show for myself. Like I've been trying to do this acting thing since forever and I'm doing commercials and I'm sitting here toiling away at this, you know, job. And I, I just got frustrated. And I, I remember it was around 2008, 2009. In fact, it was 2008 is when I quit my job. Mm. And if you guys remember, that's the time of like the recession and like everything shut down. Uh, And so Angela at the time had a job and she was like, I got you, babe. Like, go pursue what you need to do. I got a job. We're good. Cut to two months later, she gets laid off and we're both screwed. We're just sitting around going, fuck, what are we going to (laughs) do? What are we going to do? And so um, January 2009 is when we started the company officially. But we started up as a photography company at first because mm-hmm. her pa- her hobbies was photography. I love photography. I've, I've, you know, that's something I enjoyed in high school and I continue it throughout you know, the rest of my 20s. And then, yeah, it was later that year in 2009 that I shot like I'm good friends with Taboo, Black Eyed Peas. And his little 16-year-old you know, son was had his sweet 16 and he threw this huge party and he wanted to DJ. So we were taking photos and we were bored. We were like, we, we already taken all the photos. What are we, we going to do? And that, those cameras, those, uh, the, you know, if you guys, if you're a tech head, you know, the 5D Mark II right. uh, was yeah. the first video that allowed you to take photos and, 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 and video. So mm-hmm. we clicked on the video, we shot some footage and I was bored and I created and edited this video and I gave it to him and he loved it, blasted to his friends and then Vice saw it. Vice and Sujit saw it. They said, hey, why don't you guys come down to, to Miami? Oh, no, it was there. Uh, Vice saw it first. And he said, why don't you come with me on this five-day tour and just do the exact same thing? Did that. Did that promotional video. Sujit saw it and said, come to, to come to Miami and do the whole scan thing. Mm-hmm. So within a year, from January 9th to January, whenever whenever UMC, uh, WMC is, I don't know if that's like, I don't it's know. It's in March sometime. Okay, yeah. March. Yeah. yeah. So by that time we were already in the whole DJ thing wow. and started to, I didn't even know who the DJs were, were, frankly. I was like, who's that? I don't know. I just know you, Vice. I don't know anybody else. And then that's when I started to realize like, oh my God, this fucking world is nuts, man. Mm-hmm. And then within two years, so by the time it was 2011, I was, we were producing, directing a commercial for MGM Grand Resorts for their properties. And that's when things really took off for us as yeah. a company. Because mm-hmm. from there, uh, ad agencies, like the agency of record for MGM saw our work and we're like, oh, I didn't, who, who are these people? So R&R partners like Sachi and Sachi, all these ad agencies started hitting us up because they were like, well, we have clients that have low budget um, and uh, you know we can't really do them because we're SAG signatory. We can't do non-union work. So right. they kind of put us in their hip pocket and they 
we started to produce a lot of their stuff. So that's kind of in some ways the germination of uh, how them two started. And then now where we're at now is we're producing short narratives. Uh, we're writing our own content. It's all original stuff. So nice. that's how it all started. And that's where we're at now. Wow. In a span oh, of like ten years, in a span of ten years, it really does sound like it sounds like some Hollywood shit, though. Like you did some celebrities, <laughs> you did some celebrities' birthday party, and then all of a yeah. sudden, all these all these opportunities just started opening up, right? Yeah, but it's one of those things where you know uh, I we're very fortunate. Like uh, we, I grew up in a city where you're. You know, you can be growing up with the Black Eyed Peas, for example. Like yeah. I was in the same dance crew as Will I Am and, and Apple called Tribal Nation. Like that's part and parcel to my my heritage, my history here. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm very fortunate, and I'm fortunate to have a friend like Vice who turned out to be a DJ, and and that all kind of you know work in you know work part and parcel with each other. They kind of you know help each other out. So it's like I. I you know, it's I am definitely lucky, but I was also prepared for the situation right. when the the opportunity arose itself. What what neighborhood did you grow up on? I I grew up in Eagle Rock. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm from Silver Lake, so that's why I was like, okay, oh, what's up, Silver Lake? There you go. <laughs> yeah, because I went to Marshall, and I know Will I Am, and all those guys yeah. went to Marshall. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They used to have these like dance uh, rehearsal spots in and around that neighborhood, like yeah, even like Glendale. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, there's a park there. The I forget what it's called, but there's a park that we used to go to. And uh, yeah, I've got a lot of stories, man. Like people coming into those rehearsals. Like Leo DiCaprio was in one of those like parties. Uh, not parties, but just like dance get-togethers. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's this white boy right here? And he's like doing his breakdancing shit. So I'm like, that's that's cool. He got some moves. So, yeah. I've seen him. I've yeah. connected. I think Elaine and I probably connected kind of off the out of the gate because he's a dancer, and I think yeah. He was probably more drawn to like some of the more like maybe breakbeat oriented stuff that that I was yep. doing. So I think right out of the, right off the bat, we kind of hit it off on sort of a different level in terms of that, and that probably has something to do with even just like the pace of the videos and kind yeah. of feel like it kind of flows through through the whole creative process there. Like yeah, I think that's what you and I immediately connected on all those breakbeats. Uh, it's like those are the things I grew up with in terms of dance, which you know you have such a an astute you know knowledge of that entire library where i'm like holy shit yeah that's perfect so like it was a great relationship to have in producing those things where i would go what track do you think would be great for this and then you give me that sample i'm like okay now i see it visually now mm-hmm. we could go a b c and d and i could start pitching stuff to you mm-hmm. but yeah that relationship was great you know, it is great i should say and it's like I, I want people to know that the quality of the of the of the footage and the visuals that you created and your and your editing right at that time was really like it was just ahead of its time. It looked like a production oh. that that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it was like really just kind of gorilla. Just it was like shot gorilla. But you you guys <laughs> kind of just like up the level of quality on a lot of DJ content to to a right. certain extent where. Uh, a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of other DJs started showing probably all of your work to other videographers being like, yo, just make it like this. Do you right, know what I'm saying? Right. And yeah. so you started becoming the standard for all of that. So there's, sh- yeah. and then, and because of you, there's all of these like, you know, uh, these DJs with all of these videos that look similar. <laughs> like it's just like all of them. Yeah. It's just all oversaturated the scene. Like, you know, like, a, right. like when a uh, Ross one was shaking hands with the door guy and he let him into the club, like those kind of yeah. scenes just started getting repeated. Like, 
Yeah, I'm walking into it, walking yeah. into the club, the slow motion of the dancers, the go-go dancers, the bottles. Every it was just yeah, every they were stealing literally every shot that in every frame <laughs> that you did, and they were recreating it to the point where everyone I, everyone got sick of that kind of formula after a while, right? Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing, right? You start to you definitely start to see it. The more you know, you put something out there, and you know, I can't take full credit for a lot of that stuff. You know what I mean? It's this is stuff that you see, you know, like even when we were talking about the uh, the scan takeover for for, uh, for Vegas, like there's a lot of homages to the stuff that I saw that related to Vegas. Like obviously it was based off of Ocean's Eleven, but there's right. a lot of stuff there that's casino based, and you know, uh, you know, all, all of those Goodfellas, like all those movies that I really mm-hmm. liked, and it's the same thing with the Ross One video stuff. But yeah, you're right. It's once it's out there, it becomes you know the ownership of the of the creative vision of it becomes right. everybody. So. I uh, I agree. The minute you see it, you're like, okay, let's replicate that. And I've, I we have been approached by a lot of DJs to say, hey, can you do the exact same thing that you did with Ross, but for me? Yeah. And I'm no, like, you don't have Jay-Z. You don't have Jay-Z. You don't have Rihanna. You don't have none of those people. Even if you don't have big names or whatever, if you're not telling a story, it's just going to kind of be a promotional thing. And it might serve its purpose, but it's really tough to tell a story in a little quick five-minute video like that when you're also trying to promote yourself. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Ross's disposition is is perfect for that. You know what I mean? That Ross wants something that's, more elevated and also grounded at the same time so when you have somebody like that that has that kind of expectation you can't help but elevate yourself too and be like well what what can we do to make it different and you know that's definitely a testament to ross's taste and and his aesthetic i appreciate that man (laughs) it always looked crazy i mean i was always amazed the edit like crooked was saying that the editing is really where it it's it's insane everything to the music you can tell I mean, I didn't realize that you had such little experience in that at that point because it looks like you went to school for. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so um, that's what really sets it off. And then if you can tell a story, just just keep keeping people watching for six minutes is so tough. And then I I love that it was black and white. It's like Mm. you focus on the uh, on everything because it didn't have like the flashy lights, the all the light, all like the you know the big explosion. It was just black and white. Mm. Mm Hmm. Yeah, and that was me trying to be like David Fincher now with his movie Mank, where it's like, let's make it all black and white. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't know that you were tr- you were acting at uh, during this whole time. Like, I yeah, didn't, I didn't know until recently that you were acting when I saw your social yeah. media, and I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I, no one really, no one really knew. I mean, yeah. I just wanted to keep the stuff separate. Frankly, um, why is that? Why not- is that? You know, I think it was, it had a lot to do with the fact that A, I wasn't doing anything acting wise. I mean, I was trying. Right. So I, it's one of those things where I, had, I have a lot of pride in myself where I'm like, I'm not going to say I'm doing something when it's just a thought or I'm still going through the journey of it. Right. So, you know, it, it was more or less, let me do this directing stuff and the visual creation of content because it is still within its the same family, you know. It, you know, learning to direct and learning to produce will inform the way you see yourself or you see other projects through the vision of other things. So like, you know, I, I, as an actor, you look at the script, you read it and you only see it as, a, as, a, as an actor. But the minute that I started to produce and direct other things, the more I realized, holy shit, this is all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Like 
how the producers see it, how the writers see it, how the directors see it. I get it. There's a purpose for each one of these characters. And I was really myopic at first in understanding that. So the reason why I kept it separate was really because I wanted to treat it as two separate things. Yeah. And to really, I, in some ways, I didn't want to lose the, the the confidence of the clients that we were working on. Like, oh, you're, you're, you're an actor too? Like the minute you do that hyphenation thing, it becomes a little bit less, I suppose, at least in my mind. So yeah, yeah. yeah I've been doing acting since like the early, like the late nineties. Uh, I always you know, knew that you were an actor, but then there was times when we'd be filming things and, and then later we filmed more things and you would kind of be like, no, here's how you need to do it. And you would yeah. kind of show me. And I was like, oh shit, this guy's like, is it, you're not like just doing TV commercials. Like you're an actor. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started getting self-conscious because I'm like, oh shit, like he knows what he's doing. I'm here <laughs> like fucking these lines up every time or whatever. Um, but it makes it really helpful because you could just sit down and show me like kind of exactly how to deliver a line if I if it was sure. just off or whatever, which it inevitably was. You gotta give yourself more credit, Ross. You're good, man. No. I, I really he's not he's he's like Jerry Seinfeld in Seinfeld he's just playing uh, Seinfeld and and well that's the thing hey but there that's, is a but hey listen there's a talent to that you you, yeah. you don't understand how difficult it is to just be you yeah to just be uh, to, just to be present you know what I mean <laughs> I mean I, I don't you know I, have I, your George your crookeds your framers <laughs> around so you. So you can just be kind of bad and then they can, <laughs> you know, you know where Ross excels in his acting skills is looking uncomfortable. Like he's really yeah, master out of place. looking uncomfortable. <laughs> really, there you go. There you my go. favorite, my favorite part was when he was with Pitbull, he was speaking in Spanish and Ross was just <laughs> nodding like, yeah, I guess whatever you're saying. Ryan, as far as the hustle, it's real simple. I'll give it to you in a nutshell. Pa'lante, pa'arriba, no mires para atrás, ni para impulso. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. funny. Sujit hooked that up for us, and yeah. we went to a Pitbull concert to get that footage. And we had like twenty seconds in his dressing room. He didn't know what we. I remember we walked in, and he was like, "What the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> what, what is Sujit making me do?" And I was just like, "Thanks so much. We just want to get this footage really quick." And like we, we just had him say something. I remember I was like, "Maybe you can give me some advice about DJing." And right off the out of the gate he was like i got it i got it we'll, we'll just knock this out and he said that in spanish right away <laughs> that was the best part of the whole video for me the experiences like trying to get jd was so tough i think we filmed that separately and then we had like honestly elaine and i had the we experienced the craziest club night in history of yeah nightlife together this was new year's eve in las mm -hmm. vegas at marquee which just opened right the opening right. Night of marquee yeah in las vegas and coldplay did a concert the main club was Marquee, which I think was Marillo that night, maybe. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Rest in peace. They booked me to do the yeah. side room of that. And when I got the booking, I was like, all right, that's cool. Like, that's a cool gig. <clears throat> I'll take it. You know, like, it's not like a big room or a headlining spot, but I'll take it. And then I got to Vegas and that day, or I think I got there the day before to DJ something. And that, that afternoon, they were like, they're going to have the after party in this little room. And... Right away, I'm like, I'm getting pulled off. To, I'm not going to be DJing. You know, they're going to just bring in somebody else to replace me. But anyways, you, you, somehow, you, you thought Cassidy was going to show up somewhere? <laughs> Mark Ronson was going to show up? But I started, I started preparing anyways. And somehow we got permission, I think just because it was so crazy. 
for you guys to still, we are, I think we had already gotten permission for you guys to shoot. And so I think it just went over their heads or went right past them that like we were, we had been given permission to have cameras in there because no one had a camera, but we get there and we go downstairs. We're, we're kind of excited about the night. It's 11 o'clock. The room is dead. And yeah. minutes go by the upstairs is jamming. It's clear that, that the main room is where the party is going to be. Right. Everyone's in there. And, and this was the opening marquee. They flew in everybody. It was the craziest mm group of celebrities at a club opening, you know, parties you hear at Studio 54 and all that kind of shit. Anyways, we kind of start, you can see our, our spirits just start to kind of go down as, <laughs> as it goes to the midnight. And then oh, the it actual, wasn't going down. I was already here. Like, I was like, damn, what yeah, am I going to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the room is dark. There's no one in it. There's no, we can't even really get footage of DJing unless it's just me and like nothing in the background. And then... The countdown happens, midnight strikes. I remember them. I remember specifically them just saying, we're just going to go outside and shoot the fireworks off the balcony and like, we'll get some stuff we can use. We're kind of like, it's a wash. And then I think at maybe like 1245, Dr. Dre comes in mm. and it was just like Dr. Dre. And I think maybe Jimmy Iovine and they have Jimmy a Iovine, Yeah. Yeah. It was just those two guys. just sitting It was at the just table. them at the table. <laughs> we're like, all right, this is cool. Like, we obviously can't shoot them because it would be crazy to go over there when they're the only people in the room. And I start playing Dr. Dre and right away they send someone over. Don't play any more Dr. Dre. He doesn't want to hear this shit. Why would you play Dr. Dre? I mean, <laughs> I was doing like West Coast shit, whatever. Just like he did a melody. You know what I mean? Just yeah. respect three people happy. But right away you're at this low point. Like we're not getting the footage. This isn't, this isn't working out. And then you get Dr. Dre telling you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but we just kind of kept on going, kept the room and slowly people start coming in, like slowly the room starts popping. You notice like, I think 50 came in shortly after and like, you start realizing that the room is kind of getting there. And yeah. probably like 145 or, you know, after 130 when it really started. Really going. popped, yeah. And then at a certain point, you look up and you're just like, holy shit, this is crazy. And then Sam DJed, I did get kicked off. Sam Ronson did a set and then, and Solange did a set. And I don't know if you remember, man, we were on the sidelines. We were next to that DJ. Oh, I remember. I remember all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Solange was DJing. You got this room is just stacked. Like it's Jay, Beyonce, A-Rod, J-Lo. Wow. I mean, it was just crazy. And then you got 50. Cameron Diaz was there too. We did a walk around. There's so many people there. Rihanna, Kanye. Uh, Aziz Ansari yeah. was there. Aziz Ansari was there. Yeah, all of them. It's yeah. funny. Aziz speaks about this night in in his comedy special. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. does. And we were there. Yeah. And Solange is DJing. She's doing her thing, but like, you know, as a DJ, you're looking around this room and you're just like, holy shit! I want to DJ. I've never wanted to DJ so bad in my life, you know. Um, and the room is just kind of bubbling, you know. It's like full songs getting played, three verses. Selection is like fine, but not not appropriate for the energy of the room right now. It's New Year's Eve. These guys just made $2 million each or whatever to do a concert. They're in a great mood. And I just remember we were just waiting for her to for her to stop DJing. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> just She just went, dropped it. Yeah, just dropped it. That's right. And it was like a mad dash. Like, go, 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 go set it up and then it was just it was just perf a perfect setup you know like how yeah. when you're when you have a opening dj and they're like kind of mediocre but it doesn't matter because the room is 
really good and they're just kind of keeping it there. People are getting their drinks. It's like perfect. So then when you're right out of the gate, you can like set it off. Yeah. I just, I, I echo everything he said. I just want to reiterate the, the intensity that Ross had in his eyes when he was going, I want a fucking DJ. I need a fucking DJ. There was this like energy that he had that I hadn't seen. We've been documenting Ross for that entire like three or four day stretch. But that was the first time where I saw him like just have this, this, you know, you know, Ross one came out. I, I so, I, so to speak, where yeah, you yeah. could see him like just in his head going, I know what song, the first track I'm going to drop, like all that stuff was coming. I could see it visually in his head. And so when he, when he, I remember exactly when she dropped her headphones, walked away. And I remember either looking at Angela or you, and all I know is you went straight for the, for the laptop, took it out. And I think you boxed out uh, Samantha too. You boxed her out because she was trying to get on too. Right? You went, you straight up went. It was straight Charles Barkley right there. I was like. You just elbowed her and went, boom, I'm in. I'm done. I'm cranking it in. That was the best. He should kill on me on that shit. Yeah, man. It was was a lot of fun, man. That night was just something that I will always remember for the rest of my life. Then, yeah. Even then the room is stacked. The vibe is, is really good. And I remember just thinking you you even said like, I can't get any footage because you, yeah. you were trying to walk around the room and kind of yeah. like sneak shots. Yeah. But it was really risky because it's nothing but security. It's a really yeah. small room. And then there was a point where Jay, Jay and Kanye started performing and they were mm-hmm. really like no cameras. No one can take photos. The, the security guards were regulating. And then at some point they just gave up because- yeah. This was before iPhones, I think. Or no, no, this no iPhones were there. Yeah, this for is sure. It was Instagram and um, this was just I Twitter. I was on a BlackBerry. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, enough cameras came out to where I think they just gave up because they were trying to shut down camera phones and everything. And then I and then I remember the camera just came up. Start filming like kind of freely. I was right. Yeah. yeah, that's the only time that's ever happened in in a club scenario for me like that, where where the cameras were just allowed to roll. Yeah, in the environment. Jay, yeah. I mean, Jay Z was giving a speech, right? Then he give a speech, and then he's like, "Yo, DJ, you gotta drop something." And the, the amount yeah. of pressure. Yeah. Give me hot too. Give me some anything. <laughs> to drop the yeah. right yeah. track. He said, uh, I he was said, being. He's, <laughs> it better be hot too. It better be hot too. Well, you if you if you look at the clip, if you watch the clip, you could see Kanye looking over Ross's shoulder to see what the track is, and then he gives a nod like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah," before he even drops it. So rewind the tape, check it out. But you can see Kanye literally looking over and going, looking at the laptop, going, "Yeah, that's it. That's the track." And when he dropped right it, before Watch the Throne, and right yeah. after My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fate, it was in between that. So it was that weird spot where you didn't have all those Kanye and Jay watch the throne records yet. Man. Dropping, it was a monster, right? The track and the, yeah. the monster track. Yeah. Oof. No, it no, was a, tried, so good. Rock, rock boys. boys. Rock boys. Oh, rock, yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. That was like perfect. Oh, yeah. man. Damn. 
Was, I would have been scared, scared of shit. <laughs> I would have shitted on myself. <laughs> well, it, it's those moments as a DJ that really, uh, that really set certain DJs apart from others. You know, it's it's one thing to be the the weekly weekend guy who kills the Saturday night spots, and mm-hmm. then there's that one DJ who can really navigate through a room full of celebrities and and you know, kind of like appease to every ego in the room without making it obvious. And then yeah. kind of and then and build the energy up, get people comfortable, and then just start hitting and like remembering what songs this rapper had beef with, and and it's it's a whole bunch of shit. And Ross is usually that a great facilitator in those yeah. kinds of rooms. And I always when I've I've watched him do multiple parties with with Jay Z and big celebrities, and I'm always like, geez, like I I couldn't do that. I couldn't handle that. I couldn't. I don't know if I could do it that strategically. You definitely that could. Cool. No, but it goes back to those. It, that goes back to like those butter days of literally like what we talk about in the video, just holding up the wall, just like watching DJs in rooms where those where like Jay Z is at, or you know that caliber of of uh, musician, and just watching mistakes, seeing what works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And literally like dying to, to get your chance to do it, you know. And mm-hmm. in New York, you get that chance. In LA, you get that chance you know, more frequently, but it's, you know, 10 years of doing that stuff of like just keeping your eye on the room and, and keeping paying attention to the DJs. You'll, you'll and boxing out Samantha Ronson when she, when you get a minute. There's nothing more devastating than when you have a room that good, get fucked up by a bad DJ, you know, like, yeah. it, it's happened. I've seen it happen, you know, in the last couple of years, I had a couple of experiences with that where that happened, where you just say, this is, this was your chance to destroy yeah. it, to make a legendary night. And like you were mediocre, you know, and like the night suffered. Yeah. And like, that is the DJ's fault. Yeah. It is. I mean, if, if you, you you're, can't, you're not you putting, know. you're not putting this on Samantha Ronson, right? You're just saying in general. No, no, no. In general. No, but it was, it was Solange who was DJing before. And she, I think for the most part, she was playing for or playing to uh, Beyonce. Like they were just, yeah, she did a great, she was just kind of playing the, the music that I felt like she felt good about and everything yeah. else. I think yeah, she yeah. did a great job. I'm but, sure Beyonce w- said, I want Solange yeah. to you know, I mean, yeah. that's he was DJing to play those I songs. She, she but man, when Ross came on, though, when you came on, that uh, that turned into a completely different party. I'm not even trying to blow smoke up your ass. It was legit. The minute that popped, the minute you that? came on, played those tracks, A-Rod came to the front and he was going, he's wilding out like, okay, this is where we're at now. This is that party. Amazing. Ross, would you say that's your best gig? That's the best club night I've club. ever been to. Yeah. And it was well, documented. <laughs> and, uh, Thank you. Like at the end of that night, when I saw the footage, I was like, "I'm done. I'm done." Like, you know, grandkids covered. Whatever. Like I don't need to do anything else. Like, you know, you can you can fabricate an entire history of me around some of those photos. Right. <laughs> so I don't need to like do anything more. I'm like I'm out. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and then and then now we're all actually out and now we're all like oh fuck how do we like make a dollar so and now and now jay doesn't know ross's name but he kind of recognizes him when he sees him right he's just kind I of mean, like he's like oh like, yeah he's always, saying, well, he's always saying what's up right when he sees you he just gives him a look like hey you're the white boy that's always around right whenever <laughs> you, do the, you do the brunches you're one of a few white guys who djs these events yeah, yeah. i don't know what you are 
He's like, oh, um, yeah, yeah, what's up? But he gives you a pound, though, right? It says, what's yeah, up? Yeah, he'll usually give it to App and say, what's up? There's, it's, it's various <laughs> levels of... of I think mind, you, that. <laughs> mind you, he signed to Rock Nation. That's yeah. the craziest shit. <laughs> he treat he treats Ross like a like your favorite uh like your favorite waiter at a diner you go to like once nah. every five years. Oh, you still he's here? You still here? He's not, <laughs> he, he's not like yo, get Ross to DJ. No, you know, uh, the, the party. Like, oh, you're still here. That's good. You're still Uh-oh. doing this. Good for still you. Still working. That's good. Good man. for you. Good for you. Oh, you you're a man. You're a manager now. <laughs> You imagine that. You imagine that. Oh, shit. That's good. <laughs> but, Elaine, you'll never, you, I mean, that was crazy. Like, you you documenting that and, and filming that and, and making those videos were like fucking, for le- were legendary at that time. And to me, they were the staple for a DJ video promo clip. It was like you laid the staple down. And now you're I a fucking actor. And now you're an actor. You know, you've mm. always been an actor, but now you're like really an actor. You're in Marvel shit now, right? Yeah. Now I can officially say like, "Hey, I'm an actor." Yeah, like yeah. I feel, I feel confident in saying that. I know. Yeah. And, and then you, I, you had a good, you have a good resume. I was looking at your um, credits. Yeah, you've done a lot yeah. of good stuff, man. Like he was I on the morning that. show. Yeah. He, he was on the morning yeah, show. True detective. True detective. The passage, right? Yep. And then let's be honest, you've been working mm. a lot more recently. Is it because there's more? Um, parts for Asians now or Asian Americans or it's a little bit more wide open you know oh man you know I don't know what I could attribute it to Um, not sure what it is I just know that there's certainly you know more opportunities for people of color and representation in terms of you know BIPOC all you know LGBTQ so I feel like you know there is a quote-unquote wokeness to the casting process mm-hmm. and it, it they, they are striving for better so yeah that, that might be it I, I just know that it's one of those things where you just i don't know you know it, yeah. it's yeah i i really don't know why i'm doing more work i don't know if it's because i'm more refined in my skill mm-hmm. or maybe i just was terrible in the first 15 years and now i'm doing okay i don't know it's whatever it is i'm i'm not i'm not stopping it the, the, the gray hair is helping. You got the mature. You know what? I really you know, that that might be it because yeah. I I do know that the minute I stop dying this because I've always had this. The minute I stop dying is when I started to uh, book more things. Yeah. Maybe not so much the gray, but maybe the confidence of like I'm just gonna be me. You know, I'm just gonna do me. That's I think maybe that's. Fox. Yeah, that's Silver Fox, man. Well, Silver Fox, get your gigs, man. It's a good yeah. look. It's a good look, man. I can appreciate I can, you. I appreciate that. It's memorable. Because if you had the black hair, you know, you'd be like a, a cabana boy in the Philippines <laughs> resort or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair. That's fair. Well, fair. Now he's a, <laughs> he may be the first Silver Fox Filipino that really made it out here, man. Wait, what yeah, was there you go. What was that movie? It wasn't Borat. It was the other one. It was uh, what's it? Sasha Baron Cohen when he was playing the gay uh, German guy. What was that? Bruno. Oh. Bruno. Remember Bruno. Bruno's yeah. boyfriend in the beginning? That Filipino. Yo, yo. Hey, I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you something. I gotta tell you something. You, you, I auditioned. You, for that. No way. <laughs> yeah. here's, the, here's the crazy shit. I auditioned for that. Yeah. I tested. I did a chemistry read with him. What for that? 
Oh. And I, I just, I went all bullet. I did everything. Didn't get it, but I felt maybe I dodged the bullet. Maybe yeah. I dodged the bullet. You definitely, <laughs> yo, you Please. definitely dodged the bullet because I don't see that motherfucker <laughs> anywhere, yo. <laughs> oh, That's man. crazy. Yo, how is, so, wait. Let's talk about this Hellstrom. Like, yeah. Let's, can you explain it? Because I can't yeah. even, I can't even lie. I didn't, I didn't read this comic with Marvel. And I talked to my brother. You know what? You know? Yeah, no, you're, you're, that's okay because yeah. it's a very obscure it is. Marvel character comic right. book. It's, yeah. um, it's not something that anyone would know unless you're really, really deep into it. You were saying your brother is, is my, into it? My or? brother's a big comic book dude, and like he barely read this. Like he, I was going to have him on this podcast to join in. He's like, no, yeah. I, don't, I don't know enough about Hellstrom. I don't know enough. And I was like, yeah. I was like it's, it's, a, uh, it's a very dark uh, comic from what it, I read. Yeah, it, it came out in the 70s, and that was a time where I think, if, you know, the people watching this could correct me later, uh, but it's I know that they were more lenient or more not as aggressive with the standard of writing and the, the subject matter. So they were, you know, a lot of these comic uh, writers were like, great, we could write occult stuff and stuff to do with, like, darker darker storylines. And I think that's, this is one of the stories that came out of that. So mm-hmm. in the seventies, but the character itself is uh, Damon Hellstrom, who is uh, in the comic books is the son of the son of Satan. Mm-hmm. And in the comic books, Satan itself isn't really Satan, but rather part of like a bunch of like dark boards or dark, like supernatural beings. Mm-hmm. But we as people would just call him Satan. But uh, they have different character names. I think one of them is like Mephisto and like uh, Dormammu was one of them too, which is associated with uh, Doctor Strange. So yeah. the mythology of this entire show or the comic books is based on that relationship. Damon Hellstrom, who is the, the, the son, like I said, the son, son of Satan, but also the mother of or his mother is a human being mm-hmm. uh, who was you know part of the occult and was impregnated by quote unquote Satan. So in some ways it's like Rosemary's baby storyline kind of thing. I don't know right. if you guys are familiar with that movie, but it's like that. Now the show is based off of this comic book. Now, obviously Damon Hellstrom is not going to be wearing, you know, like a, he's, I think in the, in the comic books, he's half naked and red tights and a cape um, kind of thing. Uh, but in the show, it's a lot more grounded. It's based on Damon Hellstrom, but also Anna Hellstrom, which is the sister mm-hmm. of, of Damon. And it's this um, transgenerational trauma uh, type of show where it deals with nature versus nurture. Are you predisposed to, oh, oh while we're talking about Satan, this shit just dropped. Look at that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy shit. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's in essence what the show is, is understanding you know, the, this, these two characters, which is Anna and Damon, and they're diametrically opposed to each other. And then the first episode, you found, you, you start to realize why they're diametrically opposed and why they're separated. They were separated, not at birth, but like as they were getting, like in their youth, they were separated. Mm-hmm. And it's that sort of uh, the storyline of them crashing back together and, you know, understanding what the conflict is from there. So that's the essence what the show is about. How many times have you had to uh, say this over and over? You've been doing press junkets and True. stuff, right? A lot. A lot. <laughs> and, and I'm, a I have lot. a question. I'm pretty sure you was asked already. So what is your character in the show? 
Uh, <laughs> oh, you got uh, He's no, the no, no. Fil- he's the uh, Filipino cabana boy. I'm the cabana boy. That shows up. You know what I'm saying? That's hey man, you hit it right on the head, cricket. Um, Pause. No, uh, oh, yeah. my character's name is Chris Yen, and he is the surrogate brother to Anna. Now, as I said, they were separated. Uh, Anna ended up going into foster care because some shit that happened with her um, and uh, and her family. Uh, that I could say that, yeah, her family. But I meet her in the foster care program. I'm a little older than she is, so I I was coming up that entire thing. So in some ways, I've become her chosen family. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one that she could trust. I'm the only one who can knock sense into her. Mm -hmm. And it was a very chaotic person. And, you know, she is, you know, very rooted in the comic book in terms of how uh, how powerful she is in 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 what she what she can do. Uh, Whether or not she's good or bad, you know, it's you know, what the, what's, what is that now? The, the morality of, of the good and bad in these right. characters, we just, it's really up to you to decide, but yeah. we in, in many ways have created not, a, not, a, not, not just a, a life out uh, together. Um, not as not romantic in that sense, but just as brother and sister, but we also created a business, which is we deal in antiquities. We're very well off. Um, but we also have a side hustle too, which is to get rid of terrible people in this world. And, and that's what in essence is our relationship is I'm basically the cleaner. If you ever see like, you know, better call Saul or those kinds of things, I'm, I'm that guy to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's the relationship. That's who I am in that care in the, in the, in the world. Oh, Are there I other think. Marvel series like this? What am I? What am I not don't, don't know about? It's like a televised television series. Marvel. There, there. Marvel has been doing TV shows. Like obviously, there's there were some uh, ABC just did. Uh, they just wrapped up Agents of Shield. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And they did a, they did a lot of stuff on Netflix too, like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, all these other Marvel properties like Luke Cage and everything else. But this is go ahead. Now, I was gonna say is that. There was kind of a battle between uh, Marvel film and Marvel TV at some yeah. point, and the yeah. guy, the guy from Marvel TV, kind of was fucking up some of the shows. So, like some of the the Netflix shows and some of the ABC shows, more so the Netflix shows were getting just really fucked up. They were just redundant too. Well, really they, they they weren't putting a budget together. It was just like being horribly done. And I don't know if this is going to get you in trouble, Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna not agree to I'm just gonna say I don't agree to these time. Yeah, but <laughs> but basically, but basically, like some of the shows that stood out that was pretty good was Jessica Jane, right? That was good. And Jessica then, Jones. Good. Jessica Jones, I'm sorry. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. I actually liked Agent Carter. That wasn't bad, but uh, these I other, actually liked Luke Cage. I thought Luke that Cage was, was cool. I, it was getting kind of. And then like, I liked the first season. The second season was like, yeah. But Iron Fist was horrible. And then by the time you that got to bad. the Defenders, it was horrible. Like it all just kind of fell apart. Yeah. But this is actually Marvel's. I would would you say it's their relaunch of the of the TV portion that's outside of Disney Plus, right? Because this is with yeah, Hulu, I, right? I think I think to 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 touch on what you just said, I, I think <laughs> um, I will say. <laughs> That I wasn't involved in any of that stuff. Right, right, right. I did work with were great. Right. And they were fantastic. (laughs) And that's not me pitching the company line to you guys. It really was a shit ton of fun. (laughs) Um, But but, but to to your point, um, this is not like those other shows. Yeah, yeah. And again, 
this may sound like a like the same like you know like me being a politician like hey guys you should watch this but it really uh goes into a part of the universe mm-hmm. that i don't think they've touched yet which is dark horror very mature right this isn't the kind of stuff that you would watch with your kids like you yeah. you know or or younger people this is like there's a lot of gore in it. There's a, there's cussing, obviously. There's a bunch of elements in it that you're just like, oh yeah, this ain't this ain't this ain't for kids, man. This mm-hmm. is not. This is for people like who would be interested in this kind of thriller um, or this kind of like horror, like fear based kind of show. And, and it's it's uh, it does wrestle with the whole um, religious aspect of certain things. And it, it's a it's it's one of those things where you know uh, you would go into it. Like I would watch this even if it wasn't Marvel. It was just you know if you're not a fan of Marvel, you you would likely watch this too because of the fact that it has things that are not so you know cartoony. I guess is the word for it. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's not that um, animated, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. It, it, it you know there's certainly obviously a there's the the superhero supernatural aspect of it, but yeah. Like I'll give you an example, like. A lot of those things that you you mentioned, I would imagine that a lot of it was shot in green screen, or there's a lot of special effects to it. Our show, I would say, eighty five percent of it was shot in camera. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the fire stuff, everything, all the movement, all, all the all the stunts were all in camera. So it wasn't like we were rigged up and like all this other stuff. It's so a lot of old school, old school uh, effects. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it really is. You know, and it's it, you know they, the directors that they brought on here were. You know, the first one who was Dana Reed, she directed a lot of the Emmy Award winning Handmaid's Tale mm-hmm. um, yeah. episodes. So she was the one who really grounded this in the first episode. Like, this is where we're going. And then every subsequent director after that, what, what, you know, they, 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 they had a specific uh, style that lends itself to that, to that specific episode. So, like, one of the directors, Yovanka, is a huge horror person mm-hmm. and so that, that that particular episode she directed was that so you know it's there's a lot of heavy hitters that came on board that really you know wanted to flex with the show and i think i think I'm, it's something that i think everyone would really appreciate and and was kevin feige kind of involved with this or no not directly he not, was not he was not no he wasn't uh, uh uh directly involved with it no okay um but yeah, you're right though. I mean, it's one of those things where Hulu, you know, I don't this can't really exist on Disney Plus given the fact that it's so adult. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can't be watching like Disney, you know, Frozen and all of a sudden stumble into this. I right. think it'd be kind of dangerous. Uh, not dangerous, but I, I think parents would be like, "Hey, what's this?" And then right. you're, you're you're messed up. But Hulu is I think has own uh, Disney has ownership in Hulu. Right. So I think yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. of the reasons why they they wanted to put it on to this and same with Modoc too, which is another Marvel project. That's a little bit more adult. Yeah. I feel like they're, they're kind of launching this new, this new series of television content, right. Through Hulu. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. op- that's opposite from the, from the obvious uh, Disney plus right. content. And uh, right. you're kind of, right. yeah, you're, you're spearheading this kind of uh, you're, you're, you're uh, is it, there must be a lot of pressure. No, you, they must. Be- yeah. Are they pulling you aside, like uh, telling you not to fuck this up or anything? Is, it, is, your, is, is, your, is your agent pulling you aside? Is your Ari Gold going like, yo, you, you can't fuck this up. You can't fuck this up. <laughs> oh, man. No, but there is pressure, dude. There is a yeah. lot of pressure, man. There's a lot of pressure because of the fact that it's, it is, you know, moving into a, 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 a 
you know, a genre that they haven't really touched. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. what is this going to look? How are how are the Marvel fans going to not even just the comic book fans, but the Marvel studio movie fandom? How are they going to react to this type of genre? Right. You know what I mean? Because I think that's something that they want to go into, like even with the fact that they announced Blade being shot. I mean, that's a very horror type of uh, property with, you know, with the vampires and all that stuff. So right. I would imagine that. There, there, there is. There's going to be a lot of eyes watching this uh, TV show to see how people react to it. So, how- did you guys film this before quarantine and all that stuff? Or, and then, was this supposed to release earlier in the year, or this was like the proper time? You guys, the timeline. You this guys was had? the proper time. Yeah, this okay. was the proper time. We we wrapped up the day. Do you guys remember the day when Tom Hanks like announced he had it yep. and yeah. the NBA shut down? Yeah, yeah. mid March. Yeah, so the that day was our second to our last day. Oh wow! And we were going, yo, we're gonna get shut down because the next day we were shooting was like the finale of the series. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, if we get shut down, how are we gonna do this? Wow! Yeah. So we were we were like praying, man. Like that last day, I just remember being on set and you know just wondering, like, yo, we're we gonna get shut down. We're we gonna make it through, and then we got through it. So we wrapped up right when everything shut down. That's Damn, that was, blessing. Yeah. How many yeah, episodes? Sure. How many episodes is um y'all did? We did ten, and all of it is going to be released on the sixteenth, so you can binge watch the shit out of it. It's thirty minutes, yeah. thirty minutes or an hour. An hour. Nice. Watch it with a nightlight because it's pretty fucking scary. So it can be scary. <laughs> it's debuting Thursday, right? Or what? When is it? Te- well, yeah. Technically, technically the sixteenth, but on if you're West Coast, yeah, I think you could watch it nine o'clock on the fifteenth. On the fifteenth, yeah. so, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I literally, I literally just signed up for Hulu just to watch your fucking show. So it better be. Man, good. you're bullshitting, bro. I swear, I swear. No, he, I'm not. What you, you did, I bet what you did was you asked your friend or your brother, like, yeah, you got a Hulu no, account. I paid. <laughs> I fucking paid wow. for it. I fucking paid. I said my boy's on there. He better not disappoint oh. me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm so like, real, real quick, this episode's airing on the 14th. So tomorrow, you can watch. Uh, the show tomorrow. Oh yeah, basically. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Wow, you dropping this on the fourteenth. The fourteenth. Uh, yeah. Eve Eve. I love gotta, it. Gotta, yeah. Yeah. gotta help you promote this TV show, man. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate yeah. you guys. This is, so watch it tomorrow <laughs> at nine p.m. This is big promo. <laughs> this is probably your biggest press junket right here. This podcast. <laughs> That's right. Low podcast. You're gonna get. You're gonna get every nerdy DJ, every nerdy DJ in the U.S. and outside overseas. And the, you know. Yeah. If you have Disney Plus, you have the same login will work for Hulu, guys. So make sure you go and log in. Wow, that. I love uh, it. I love it. That's dope, man. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, um, so how rigorous was the casting for this? Was it crazy? Man, was, it wasn't. Um, was it you against like John Cho? Shit, you know what? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he had the offer. You know what yeah. I mean? That guy is a man. He's awesome. Um, it was a. Uh, I was shooting the independent film, The Paper Tigers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Seattle, when my manager called and said, Hey, I got this project that I think that, you know, she's like, I think it's a Marvel project. Mm-hmm. I think it's on the low. So can you audition for it? And when I was in, in, in uh, Seattle, we were filming like 12 hour, 15 hour days. And so I was like, and we were filming every day too. So I was like, there, I don't know if I'll be able to have time to do this. And so I missed the deadline by I think a day or two. And I said, okay, whatever. I didn't really care. I was like, I don't even know what it is. But my manager was like, you gotta, can you just do it? 
And I remember I wrapped that, that day I got on the phone with her, just put myself on tape. Like, I'm just going to put it out. I don't, I don't have time. I'm tired. And I submitted it. And the next day casting uh, reached out to my, my manager and said, uh, we want to test them. Wow. Like, can we test them next week? And I'm sitting there going, yes. But then I'm like, I can't leave. I can't, I, I'm in Seattle. Like they're going to test this in Hollywood. There's no way. Uh, but through the grace of the producers, they're like, yo man, if you get this, it might be good for our film too, because then that means you're on a Marvel show. Right. So we'll move mountains yeah. to make sure you could go to this test. And that's what they did. Mm-hmm. So like the next week I, I, I went in, um, I test, I flew in, in the morning and I flew to, I drove straight to the, sh- the test, flew back to Seattle and then just waited for like, I don't know, like maybe seven days or something like that. And so really it was just two auditions. And then I remember um, we were doing night shoots. It was like the third to the last day of filming the movie. And it was like a night shoot. It's like we're fighting in the, in the, on the rooftops and I was trying to get a nap in. And then I get a call from this like random like an 818 number. And I'm like, what, what is this? Like, who's calling me right now? I thought it was like a telemarketing thing. So I hung up, called again, keep hanging up, keep hanging up. I'm like, whatever. And then the voice message thing, you know, uh, alert said, you have a voice message. And you know how on your iPhone, you can, it's like translated. Yeah. Like sometimes it translates. Yeah. The <laughs> only word I saw was Marvel. So I'm like, oh shit. Are you going to call me to let me know? I didn't, didn't get it or... I'm part of it. So I, I called back and it was the guys from Marvel, the executives. And they just told me like, listen, man, I just thank you for auditioning, blah, 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 blah. And then the main guy was like, I, I'm going to say three words to you that may or may not change your life. And that's welcome to Marvel. Wow. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Yo, I wow. screamed. I dropped the phone. I was crying. I was like, no fucking way dude no way wow picked up the phone again and then say i know it's exciting but i got a big favor to ask you which is don't say anything to anybody Mm. you you have to hold this until we do the release so you can't say anything to your you can't say anything to anybody because everyone's got big mouths and everyone's got social media so so i had to hold it in and so that was it that that that's the that was the casting problem but but you told your wife though right i did i i immediately called her well i texted her technically I was like, uh, I got it. And she was like, what? <laughs> and then she called me as soon as she, she was with our son and she called me back. She was like, you got to be kidding. And we both were crying on the phone because we were like, you know, she's been with me since yeah. she's my day one. Dude. It's like she's she knows the stuff that I've been through just to get to where I'm at mm-hmm. and to have that happen way later than we all thought it would, could happen mm-hmm. or I never thought it would happen truly, but for it to happen and for us to share that moment, we were just like, man, like this is it. Like maybe, maybe this is it. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But you know, that, that, that's how it all went down. That's it's great. Incredible. That's you great. guys have like, you guys have like, yes, we're going to do the big comic con this summer, but oh, yeah. did that, ha- was that a scheduled or was it not? Yeah. All of that stuff is oh, scheduled, man. All fuck. that stuff. That's a dope moment, by the way. The Comic Con, Marvel yeah. announcements are like the ones that they look for the most. It's kind of yeah. Cool. We were talking to one of the execs about it because we had like a big uh, cast dinner to welcome everybody, and then I was sitting sitting next to the main guy, and I was talking to him about like Comic Con. He was 
telling me about it. He's like, you, you, it's one of those moments where you can't replicate and it's the only time you will officially feel like a rock star because there's this wall of energy that comes towards you and it's mm -hmm. all positive. Mm. And I'm like, wow. And I would imagine that's sometimes how you guys feel as DJs where you're there and you're maybe, no, no, it's not a comic con, but I've seen that, the right? videos. I've seen the hey, videos. Ross, come on. There, there must have been that is not it. Ross, there must've been a moment at that night in, in New Year's Eve when, when you dropped that track, I'm sure you felt no. it. Like, oh, no. Ah. It's not, it's just, it's, uh, you know, it's terror and like, you know, yeah. concentration. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I'm, I mean, I'm just, it's crazy. I'm just proud of you, man. It's just yeah. so, for real. just just hearing even coming from doing like the scam videos and stuff like that. And you know how hard it is to be an actor and to like be yeah. in your thirties or, and, and just kind of grinding it out to like have that moment happen. You're like, a, it's like a one in the, what? <laughs> 10 million yeah. chance of yeah. almost like getting discovered. I mean, I remember seeing you on, I think True Detective. Yeah. And being like, yo, that looks just like Elaine. And like Googling. <laughs> and you're like, holy shit. And it's like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you, this is a whole other a whole other level. So just congratulations. I'm, I'm thank you, man. I'm really proud of you. So thank you. You're thank gonna you. you're gonna you're gonna lose like your private life a little bit, don't you think? A little bit, you know? Like, I, I don't know, but I don't know. I'm look, I'm just I I, uh, I recently got verified on Instagram, which was interesting. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was like, huh, that that that's a that's a different thing. But yeah, it's. I don't think so. I'm. I'm I hope not. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. My, it's gonna be big, bro. Like Hulu, Marvel. Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll we'll see. I'm I'm a I I am a um, a victim of PTSD when it comes to actorship, where it's like. You know, there's been many moments where I'm like, oh, this is it. This is it. And it never happens. Right, right. So now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, cool. We'll see if it does happen. But for now, I'm just yeah. going to go the same path. I've always, you know, the same grind. Like none of this stuff, I, you know, I, I don't, I try not to get sucked into uh -huh. it. And I don't, um, especially when you have a partner like Angela. I'm sure you guys have met who's, yeah. who will ground the shit out of you and be like, Nah, you ain't, you ain't that, dude. You can chill, chill. <laughs> Go wash the dishes or like take out the trash or hey, your son needs help. Like there's a lot of those things that really will ground you, at least in my life. Had this happened, you know, in my 20s, my early 20s, I think it would be a completely different story. I, I think I would have been really sucked into it and be like, yeah, I'm all about that life. Let's do this shit. I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah. Now you just have to pray none of the lead characters have like a, a scandal. <laughs> Come yeah, man. Like, yeah, like yeah. More weeks of no drama. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll, everybody that was on that show, man. Like, have you guys seen The Wire? Yeah. Are you guys fans of The yeah. Wire? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you guys are familiar with Robert Wisdom. He was he was in that show. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, another like a heavy hitter too is Beth Marvel, Elizabeth Marvel. She was in House of Cards. Like, there are some talent on this thing. Oh, June Carroll too, who was uh who was in I think the second season of of Mindhunter. She was that black lady. Oh my God. Like she should have fucking won an Emmy for, for her part in that thing. But like they brought in some really good talent. I'm, I was really fortunate enough to be a part of it. So I don't know. We'll see, man. We'll wow. see. We'll I can't see, wait man. to check it out. I know we're, we're all going to be tuned in, man, to check that shit out, man. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> hey, so I, I want to ask you something. I recently saw a movie. You ever, do you remember mm-hmm. the the movie uh, The Dragon, the Bruce Lee story? Do you remember that shit? Yeah. Did you ever see that? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. It's not the greatest movie, right? But it's like <laughs> it was with what, Lauren Hawley and yeah. Jason Scott Lee, right? Yeah. So I recently yeah. saw that and I just, and it, and it hit me. It kind of like stuck in that. I'm like, yo, like, I don't know why I feel connected to this movie. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not the mm-hmm. greatest story. It's not about like a Korean person, but. <clears throat> Some of the um, some of the storytelling and some of the experiences that they have Bruce Lee go through in that movie, it's like a lot of Asian people. I think it was one of the first movies that I actually saw, like Asian discrimination, you know, being mm. por- portrayed in that movie. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Everything yeah. from like when he was being harassed by British sailors to like the jocks in the college to people, right? You know, from when he was Cato on Green Hornet to. The Kung Fu pilot going to David Carradine to um, Breakfast at Tiffany's when Mickey Rooney was playing yep. that racist Japanese character uh, yep. and all the racism he was feeling uh, that he was experiencing when he was uh, dating and ultimately marrying his wife and stuff like that. But like there was really no movie that I could think of prior to that. And I could be wrong, of mm-hmm. course, where they really just kind of uh, told that story of how it was to be an immigrant Asian in America probably at that mm-hmm. time which was probably a lot harsher than it is now you know but yeah i i was i was watching that whole thing and and i was wondering i'm like like damn like so much has changed in the last two years from for me like seeing parasite win the oscar mm. to seeing like crazy rich asians the the feedback from that and just like you know in the midst it was like you know obviously aquafina is everywhere Oh yeah, you know, yeah. She's she's become like the token Asian actor for everybody to hire. Kind of like mm-hmm. you know, like I don't know, like when he's like, like the the Asian version of Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, where they hire for every fucking thing, like the one. But it, it happened with like black actors back in the day, where there was like there was just one hit black yeah. actor, and they would put that one black actor in every fucking movie. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you, you know, I. All of these things just started emerging, you know, and I'm a big fan of, of Ali Wong. So a, a lot of this, this Asian, these Asian performers, actors, writers, and everyone, it's just, it's starting to like, so much has happened in like the last two years. Yeah. But I, I wanted to see, do you see that changing in Hollywood at all? Do you see that change? I do. I do. It's funny because like, you know, you're looking back at the filmography of Hollywood, right? Yeah. And you, you think about, like you said, the dra- like Dragon, for example. Yeah. But you go further back, like you think about the two, like the one poignant movie about Asian representation mm-hmm. before Crazy Rich Asians was Joy Luck Club. Right. I don't know if you guys remember that film, but yeah. it was like, it's like it was a Hollywood movie, and it was it it, it was an all Asian or all American Asian American uh, cast. But that was like almost 30 years ago, 20, yeah. 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. So when that happened, I remember when that happened, like my entire family, I'm a half Chinese, half Filipino. And we were like, sweet, this is great. This is going to be the change. This is what we're looking for. And then nothing. There right. was nothing afterwards. Right. right? You know, some of, the, some of the actors like, like uh, what's his name? Russell Wong mm-hmm. went, made out to do other things. And, you know, and then you start to kind of go about your business again. And then another film happened, which really for me as a young actor was like, oh, shit, this is great because all my friends are in it. It was Better Luck Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it was this, yeah. 
there was this film, this indie film by Justin Lin, who, who he wrote and directed this thing. And for me, it was groundbreaking because it, it really showed a lot of my contemporaries, the people I, I was auditioning with, like John Cho and Perry Shen and and uh, I, I forget his name. Uh, man, I'm, I'm blanking out. But all those guys on there. Um, but to see that, it made it gave me hope again. Like, all right, this is great. We're going to get more opportunities because MTV Films picked it up. And now we're going right. to, you know, we're, we're going to be wanted now. And yet nothing. Yeah. There's nothing after what. So what, but what I've noticed was a lot of the people that came out of that, mm -hmm. the Justin Lins of the world, world have now empowered themselves to do other things. And so what I see with crazy rich Asians is part of that continuum where although, although, um, you know, Joy Luck Club didn't quite do the kind of, uh, you know, um, paradigm shift that I was hoping would happen same thing which better better luck tomorrow there was a momentum that was shifting towards crazy rich asians right mm -hmm. and so like anything in the industry much like black panther everything's based on money and can is this bankable well shit they proved it was bankable right, right? yeah so now it's one of those things where now we're going okay now we're in an, in an era where everyone wants to show that show their wokeness and their that they want to be you know in some ways virtue signaling mm -hmm. um but in many ways, they are giving opportunities to say what other um, other storytellers, what other points of views can we can we can we buy? Yeah. And I think that want piled or combined with the fact that we have so much more avenues to tell a story, be it streaming, um, you know, web, uh, you know, a cable uh, network. All, like, there's so much thirst for content now that they're they are allowing. Uh, people of color, people who are Asian, people who whatever whatever your spectrum is would be to allow them to share their stories, mm -hmm. and so I think it's all of those things combined. Now, what I what I what I will say is that I am very pragmatic, and in some ways cynical, and what I'm hoping what would happen is that all these movies, all these projects, cannot be crazy rich Asians. They can't reach the success that they will have. Right. So. Will the people who are in power, who have greenlit these projects, will they go, you have one shot at making me money, will, will they give grace to the people to fail? Mm, because yeah. everybody who else, who, who had, who continually to have uh, these opportunities are allowed to fail. You know, you can have a piece of shit movie or a piece of shit TV show, and yet that showrunner or that producer will still have an opportunity. So will that person of color Will will they will will they in some ways are are they beholden to everyone behind them? I don't know if that makes sense. No, Meaning it like, definitely does. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm hoping that they don't do. I hope it is a uh, a permanent shift towards this like newness of that. There is a, a there are so much more stories out there that we could that we could share. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, like I case in, like go ahead. One more thing. Like, yeah, go ahead. Justin Chan is someone who I really admire, Justin Chan, who, who writes and directs. He was an actor. He was in, um, he was in, uh, uh, what's that? Twilight. I think he was in Twilight. He was the Asian kid in Twilight. This guy's amazing, man. Like he, he's writing stories that is, is, and, and producing stories that, that are very unique to the Asian American experience. Like he wrote Gook, for example, mm -hmm. who, um, is a story about the riots, the LA riots, but through, 
uh, told through the Korean American experience. And I thought that to be really interesting because really what's predominantly put out there for uh, the LA riots is the, the black, the, 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 the circumstances surrounding the, you know, uh, uh, black, uh, the black experience and the white experience and what the racism is, but there is other aspects of our community that needs to be shown too. Mm -hmm. So those kinds of stories is what I'm really looking forward to seeing in the next like five, six years. Right. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, I feel like the doors are opening because like, I feel like black Panther, there was a lot of pressure on Black Panther to perform because for, you know, to just be that first black superhero yeah. character, yeah. black cast, every, you mm-hmm. know, and if like that failed, yeah, if that failed, would that have closed the door on, you know, all of this other shit? And I feel like when that opened, I honestly feel like, you know, Hollywood was just like, oh shit, there's a market for this. And it, yeah. and it doesn't have to be yeah. only like a Tyler Perry movie or some shit. Like there's, there's a huge market for it. And and then when Crazy Rich Asians happened and when Parasite happened, I feel like everyone's like, oh, okay, there's 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 a there's a market for this, you know. And I've always yeah. said this. I said, if the doors open for Black people in America, it usually opens later for Latinos and Asians afterwards. So whenever right. I see like you know when Obama became president, it, it hit me so emotionally because I, I you know that change is going to come, you know, like right afterwards. I mean, right, but then right. again, we got Trump, but you know, it's like, you know, one of those things, but, <laughs> but, but when, when Black Panther happened, I was so, I was so, I was so excited and in Crazy Rich Asians, which, you know, I love the movie, but I don't love the movie. Like to me, it's a very mm-hmm. dated concept. It reminds me of like when Harry met, it's like the Asians wanted a, when Harry met Sally and they got it kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it, no, but I, I agree. I agree with you though. In this, yeah. in, this, in the sense that, that it's okay to not, like we, uh, the thing that I struggle with sometimes is like, who was it? Um, there was a comedian that said it like, you know, is it okay for me to criticize Crazy Rich Asians if I didn't like it because right. I'm Asian? Mm-hmm. Is it do do I have the license to do that? Right. And I remember Eddie Huang saying like he was the one who wrote. Uh, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with him. Yeah. He's He's a yeah. He's just everywhere. But you know, the reason why he he said that he roasted fresh off the boat, the TV show was because, well, I want it to be truthful to me. I want it to be my story. Mm-hmm. And then it's changing into something else. So I want to be able to give license to the people who look like me to be able to criticize that kind of work because that's the freedom that we should have. Right. That we shouldn't be, uh, you know, one big monolith where it's like, we all have to be thinking the same way. No, we can be a dissenting view and that that would be okay mm-hmm. and so yeah I, I agree with you like crazy rich asians did its job like it, right. it literally busted open the doors and people who enjoyed parasite understood that there are foreign films that that have value too so i think all of that stuff you know work in itself but again it goes back to like hopefully to give us a chance to be mediocre you know and, and not <laughs> take it away from us right <laughs> i um, um wanted to touch on this movie that you have coming out that you that you finished outside of the yeah. Marvel Hellstrom, which is uh Paper Tigers. Is it yeah. it's an independent film and what's going on with this? You said it just got distribution pretty much? Yeah. Yeah, we just got picked up. Um Well Go picked it up um for distribution. So it's going to be hitting the theaters uh I think second quarter of next year, which is like wow. April, May. So Interesting. Yeah. And it's a, it's a kung fu movie, right? 
Yeah, it's a kung fu. It's a kung fu action comedy. Yes, mm -hmm. I, so, I saw. Yeah. I saw a preview of you getting your ass kicked by some young. Oh people. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you Did you do all your stunts? Yeah, man, it's an indie man. There's no stunt. There's no stunt people. It's just you. They they have no budget for a stunt a stunt double. Well, good thing yeah, Marvel. Good thing you had Marvel that uh, dance background, right? That you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, helped yeah. a lot. That's crazy. Um, yeah, no, I actually have some martial arts background. I, I, I was a black belt in Taekwondo. Oh shit. Uh, yeah, I was uh, at some point when I was younger. I was ranked fourth in the nation. Um, as a kid though, as like an eight year old kid who was thinking he was a badass, but, uh, but thank I, you. I thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, know, were, you, you, you were, you were a badass, but you're four. No, I don't know, dude. I don't know, man. I got, I got my ass beat a few times. <laughs> then I transitioned into dance from there. Cause I was like, this is cool, but I'm looking for something else that's movement based that I can enjoy. You know, as much as I enjoyed the fighting stuff, I actually more enjoyed like the forms, like the performance aspect of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I it, I it wasn't enough. So I wanted to see other disciplines that would have performance aspects. So and dance was one of the things I was like, ooh, that's it. I'll I'll, I'll move into that. So so how does um, this, how does this work with an independent film, right? So like you guys, so is there a budget for you to even get paid? Like what what happens? Are you just taking a, a yeah, chance? They they paid me in peanuts, man. They're like, here, pass some of that. Okay. It's a bag of bag of chips. No, I'm kidding. It's um. No, yeah, but no knock to that. No, 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 no. He's no, he's being real because he's feeling some type of way about it. See, <laughs> I mean, that's why it's independent, though, man. He's yeah. like, yeah, it's not that Marvel paycheck, you know what I'm saying? But it ain't that Marvel paycheck. That's for damn sure. Uh, so wait, so well, you you get a script and you read the script, right? Obviously, yeah, yeah. and then uh -huh. your agent or manager is like, you should do this, and you're like, fuck it, let's do this. And then how long is the well, filming? Yeah, for, for this particular thing, it was, uh, you know, my my man, my, man, uh, my manager was like, hey, I got this Kung Fu independent script. Um, I think you'd be great for it. Read it. Let me know what you think. Read it. I was like, oh, it's cool. Uh, I don't know if I want to do a Kung Fu flick. I, I don't know if I could still do it for one. And B, I don't know if I want to per perpetuate that stereotype, right? Right. And then, but, you know, I sat with it. I read it some more. I'm like, yo, this thing actually has a lot of heart. It's actually self-aware of a lot of the things i just talked about mm -hmm. but it wasn't until i met the director the director slash writer when i did a one-on-one -on -one with him and got his ideas and help him explain uh you know he explained himself to me and i was like okay this is okay I, there, there's this there's hope for this particular thing yeah you know it's much like what you know me me and ross we were talking about earlier about like understanding that creative collaboration are we on the same length wavelength are we talking the same language and bow tram the guy who directed and wrote this thing i got him 100 percent uh and yeah from there it was i auditioned for it they gave me the offer and it's and now it becomes a question of this is something i want to do it's going to take me out for eight weeks you know wow, um yeah. to prepare for it shoot it for six weeks and and it's the lead of the movie so I would be in 98% of the scene. So mm -hmm. that means I'm working every fucking day. Mm -hmm. And so for independence like this, it's like the one thing that I learned from it is that everyone on the project is passionate about it. Meaning like it's all sweat equity, right? It's mm -hmm. like no one's getting paid a ton of money. So they're there because they want to be there. And that really translates at the end of the day, I, I think that if you're if you're working with people that are passionate about it, 
and that believe in what they're trying to do, it's going to come out great. You know, again, I'll, I'll go back to what we were just talking about. Like Ross and I really believed in what we were trying to do and we were trying to deviate from what we saw yeah. that was circulating. And then what ended up happening is that we were driven to make something amazing. And that's same thing with this paper tigers thing, mm-hmm. you know, how, how different was the energy from doing that and doing a Marvel show? Very big different. difference, big man. Difference. Big difference. Yeah. I mean, with the Marvel thing, there's just more people involved. There's just a lot more hands involved. There's a catering and there's truck. A, there's, there's all there's oh a catering God, truck. A catering truck. Yeah. Yo, we got like a donut truck that showed up out of nowhere. We had a falafel truck showed up, and I'm like, wow. yo, this is great. <laughs> uh, yo, all of that, all the accoutrement that came with being on a Marvel big budget show, it's yeah. like night and day. Especially because I came from the indie set, and then like within two weeks. I was on the Marvel set. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, the indie said you got to bring your own food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <your> sandwiches. <laughs> BYOF, you know, bring your own food, man. <laughs> oh, man. Do you sometimes, yeah. like, in the back of your head, be like, why is he shooting it this way? This is, like, some of the shots. No, I, I do. I do. Yeah. That's the thing that sucks is that, like, on the independent film, there were many moments where I'm like, huh, that's an interesting choice. I wonder why they're doing it that way or why mm. he's doing it that way. Cause I wouldn't have necessarily shot it that way, but <laughs> on the Marvel show, for example, I'm more of seeing it as a curious person. Like, cause that, those are big sets, man. Those are yeah. huge set pieces and like so many people moving around that you can't help, but like latch yourself onto the, you know, the DP and like, why did you, you guys use this? Why did you guys use this lens? Why did you guys use this camera? Why are you shooting it this way? Like one of the things I learned was in the last couple of years before I shot you guys for keep it, keep it moving was that it's uh, the DP within the first episode or the first week knows what lens works best for each actor. Really? It blew my mind. Yeah. Where it got to the point where when the DP was shooting me, he was like, no, he was kind of swapping out lenses and he finally was like, oh, this is the lens for you. I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, you'll know. Like your face looks different from the way you light it versus the way you shoot it, the way what lens you use, how you shoot it, like all of that stuff really depends. So wow. like, like I I got privy to that information when I was shooting True Detective, where the DP was shooting Rachel McAdams and was trying to figure out the angle with Justin Lin, and I was just listening to what they were t- t- talking about, like, oh, it's this isn't the this isn't the move, this is the move. And then when the, the DP showed Justin Lin, he was like, okay, great. And they locked it off. And then when I asked the DP afterwards, I'm like, why? It's kind of the same, right? And he's like, no, it's because of her face. I'm like, fuck, all right. But a lot of that stuff is that. But yeah. Um, you think that's in the contract for like big actresses and stuff? Like what lens you have to use when filming? No, I, don't, I think that's that's really specific. I don't think that's in the contract. But, you know, it's it's that's it's one of those things where... It's a vanity thing, right? It's like, yeah, it's it's a great a, a great example is what's her name, Mariah Carey. Like, you could only shoot her on this side, and that's it. Right. Like, that's it. Like, don't her people will tell you, like, don't photograph me this way, oh, this way, always this way. I'm yeah. like, all right, that that's how. So that what, stuff what's your work. perfect lens? What's your lens that you you have to be shooting? all of them, bro? Come on, look at this, <laughs> man. Come on, man. Fish eye telephoto, bro. Hey. Hey, it's a million dollar face, man. Come on, baby. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. I don't, it just doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Well, try any of them. 
I, I'm really, I'm really, uh, you know, me and Ross were talking earlier and all of us, but I'm really happy to see all of this happening and unfolding uh, for you right now. And it's really, 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 it's just really fulfilling to watch and to see the whole process. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thank it, you, man. I, yeah, I appreciate man. it. Yeah, man. You're a good dude. You didn't like, you're not like a cutthroat person. You know, I mean, a, a lot of times you think about people in, the movie business or in DJing or anything. And you kind of have to have this sort of cutthroat mentality where you'll like kind of fuck anyone over or whatever. To make yeah. Money. It's just not your mentality. So it's nice to see that things just kind of weirdly slowly fell into place. Yeah. By, by doing it just kind of the right way. Yeah. Um, it took a while. It took, <laughs> it took a while. <laughs> I, I think for instance, like you're working on this independent film where obviously the, there's a, you know, you have to, give so much of your time and energy to it. And you don't know if there's going to be any reward in the end other than just yeah. something. And in yeah. the midst of that, you know, this other opportunity comes in, mm. um, you know, I, I think it, I, I think it makes it even sweeter that it happened that way, you know, like while you're working on something else, that's just no, who knows what's going to come. Yeah. Out. And then this comes obviously massive, huge opportunity. Yeah. I, I think that's exactly right. It was one of those things where, when I was shooting the Paper Tigers and the audition came in for Hellstrom, I don't, I don't think had I not taken the Paper Tigers, I would have been in the brain space and the creative space to do a good audition for the other one. Right. Because at that point, I was super sharp. I was, you know, in the midst of filming this independent. And at that point, you're sharp. It's like if you guys were DJing every night and then they ask you to DJ Super Bowl the next day, you'd be like, I'm already in the pocket. Like I already know I'm going to kill it. Yeah. So I think, you know, it, it, it definitely lends itself to that. So, but dude, I appreciate you guys even, you know, entertaining me on this show because I know you guys mostly talk about DJing and music and this is kind of a deviation from that. So no, thank this you. Is, no, this is about wins right now. That's it's all about wins and in, 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 no, in 2021. Yeah. This, yeah. this fits perfectly into <clears throat> what we do, man, for real. And it's, it's the type of conversation I want to have. <clears throat> Especially right before you blow up and you, you start feeling yourself, and you go, <laughs> you, 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 go, you go play this. You go forget. You go forget y'all guys. <laughs> no, listen. I'm not gonna forget who? you guys. I know who. Who crooked? Ross, I don't know. Ross what? one, one, two, three. <laughs> Ross one. Who? Jay Z. Like, oh, oh, yeah, I think I did a video. Someone, something like you. You're a Vincent Chase, so you know you just got to keep blowing up, and then you can put us on. You know what I'm saying? And then we'll, yeah, yeah. ride your coattails. We'll, we'll ride your coattails. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real, for real, for real. Just for keep real. doing it. You, you know what I'm saying? Just there'll be your totals and E. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's the best advice to give to people is what he's talking about. Just if you have opportunities, grind it out, work hard, keep your head down. You don't have to talk about every fucking time. Right. You know, an door yeah. opens. Um, you know, just work hard, and then when it happens, people are gonna the response is just going to be like, like this. We're just like kind of blown away by it. You right. know, like it's always so nice to just see hard work pay off, you know, and yeah. like when people are getting good and not necessarily telling you every day that, uh, you know, I'm in the studio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but he did start getting more active on social media when he started blowing up though. Like there was more. Post- when he got the hey, hey, blue check. When he got that blue check. Yeah, verifying shit. Yeah, yeah, when that blue check showed up, I was like, I, you know, they go through media training. They're like, you got to do A, B, C, and D. I'm like, wow, really? People got to do this stuff? All right. Well, I guess I'll try. Oh, really? It's hard, man. 
There's yeah, a, there's it, a criteria for you to keep the blue check. Is that what they said? Oh well, no, not not a criteria. For, I mean, they could easily take that away whenever they want to. But it's one of those things where, you know, like yeah, I have a publicist now. Okay, but like they they they're the ones who said, hey, if you want to raise your profile and you know have more impressions and everything else, this is what you need to do. And I'm like, whoa, there's an algorithm to all this stuff. Like posting from Tuesday through Thursday, like when to post, what to post, how often to post. I'm like, damn, people really like, this is a science, man. Someone actually put this shit together. So that to me made me realize like, oh, wow. All right. Now, now I can't, I'm going to try it and see what happens. But yeah, I saw you post uh, that you were at the Laker game, the viewing at the Rose Bowl. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yo, where is that? At? And you're like, oh, to yeah, the Rose Bowl. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a Rose so, Bowl, man. You going to be there? You going to be there on Friday? Probably tomorrow. That's what we're doing. Yeah, tomorrow. That's right. Must be tomorrow. nice. Sorry, guys. Must be nice. Must be nice. Are you a Nick fan? You're a Nick fan, right? You're a Nick fan? I Occasionally, I'm a Nick fan when they're playing well. When they're doing okay. What about you, Ross? What about what about you? You're a you're a Chicago no, guy, or I uh no I um Cincinnati I right team that yeah Cincinnati doesn't have a basketball team, <laughs> but I love basketball. I just love watching basketball. But I love I love these Lakers Heat games because I was in Miami mm-hmm. when LeBron was in Miami. So Laker fans. I love oh, wait. now fucking ride swing from the balls of LeBron. <laughs> no, 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 Ross got spicy on Twitter. Ross got spicy on Twitter. Oh man, Chris Bosh is super team. Oh god, we could win just with good. It's it, I love watching it, and and it doesn't matter. I tweeted like I don't care if the Lakers win by forty every night. Like I just t- keep mental notes. <laughs> you keep it receipts. You keep it receipts. Era, I'm not gonna say what DJ. I'm, to LeBron. I'm, not, like, gonna, I'm oh. not gonna say what DJ, but Ross went at somebody uh, two nights ago, and I saw it. Yeah, that's all. That's all fun though. I yeah, mean, everybody knows Homicide is a big Lakers fan. I can't get. But like for wow. me, LeBron is like an Ohio dude. Who, you know, I was, I was just, I always wrote for him when, he, even when he left Ohio, I just understood. I was like, yeah. <laughs> as someone who left Ohio, I was like. Just kind of got it, you know, like when there was all the slander and hate. Hey, um, did you, hey, hey, when you, um, what's it called? Uh, JV the Great, like if, if it's a, uh, did you ride for LeBron when he came to LA? Were you yeah, like, actually, you I was, like, I, I was this guy, to... he ain't a Laker, I'm a Kobe guy. Cause nobody it, said like, that. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I, no, I, w- I was like, yo, why did he come here? Oh my God. This is this is Kobe's town. Yeah. Why is LeBron here? But now I'm like, you know, I'm over here wearing the shirt. <laughs> Jumping on the bandwagon. Jumping yeah, yeah. on the bandwagon. Yeah, sure. Because I know there yeah. was there was two two types of Laker fans where it's like, yo, man, fuck this guy. I don't want to be like LeBron. Like, yo, you why are you trying to mess up the young dudes? And yeah. then this other faction where it's just like, yo, I don't care. Let's just get a chip. I don't give a fuck how we yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Let's get a chip. I was more receptive when when AD came. I was like, all right, AD's dope. But LeBron, I was like, ah, this guy just came to this city. He's hopping over cities. But now I'm like, yeah, let's go, LeBron. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, they kind of like destroy his murals. I don't know if you remember those. Yeah, I do. Paint over him. It's crazy. Burning jerseys back in the day. I mean, you remember it all being in Miami. You saw it all. Yeah. Crazy. Yo, oh, man. Jamie, show him your dick riding T-shirt. 
Oh, here, here, hold on. I got you got it. A dick ready? Right here. Yeah, right yeah. Here, <laughs> yeah that's what's up. It's all good. I'm not hating on anybody for for. I mean, I I like watching the Lakers too. They're an amazing team. So <laughs> we're back. Yeah, I really want to see the Lakers lose, though. <laughs> I really do. I yeah, can't I wait for them to lose. <laughs> I love. Okay, to see. I just want to do. I want to do a quick consensus. Who do you think is going to win tomorrow? Do you guys feel like it's all it's all Lakers going to be like Lakers going to take it, or yeah. do you think the Heat's going to? I think the Lakers yeah. going to take it. The Lakers are going to take no, it. I, I could give you yeah. one more game. I no. yeah, you think so? They got so much heart. No, <laughs> they they're good, but they keep getting injured, which sucks. I mean, the uh, talent level they're up against is just absurd. Zero tonight, yeah, yeah. But they're wearing the black jerseys tomorrow, and they haven't lost with the black jerseys. The Lakers, so I think we're but, closing out tomorrow. That's, kind of, that's cocky. What you consider this a, a real season, though? Yeah, that's, that's what I love. I love that if they win, we can always just say, "Yeah, was was it really a season?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Does that does this count? <laughs> well, let's let's keep it let's keep it a buck. Hold on, the playoffs are going to start in April, the first week. This COVID shit hit two weeks before playoffs, so doesn't matter. Kinda, man. Now they did all the season. You can't give me that bullshit. Doesn't matter. They did November, <laughs> December, January, February. You can't give me. That. I just love to see LA motherfuckers get so riled up and annoyed and and upset about the shit. And I would just put it out there, like I don't, I don't consider it a real season. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't what? consider it at all. It doesn't count. Right, it doesn't got, count. I got, you know? another, I got another question for you, Jamie. If okay, let's say LeBron wins this chip, right? Do you then have to consider retiring his jersey as a Laker fan? Oh no, you don't. No, you do. You do. Sure. You don't. What? No, I don't because Paul Gasol had more Laker chips, and or Fisher or any of these guys that came to the Lakers, like Paul Gasol, he came to help Kobe, and I kind of give him more credit than LeBron. To wow, two like that. Okay, okay. So I rather give. I rather retire Paul Gasol's jersey because he did something crazy, yeah. opposed to to LeBron. LeBron got to win three in a row. Then I'll be like, you know what? Let's hang it up. Dang, that's a bar, man. That's a high bar to reach three in a row. You <laughs> know, you realize row. he's, he's going to be 38 when that if that happens, right? He'll be 38, bro. But he has a team. <laughs> he he has a good team, so it could possibly happen. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, but he has to give me three. Minimum two, if that. Minimum two, wow. He has to give me You're three. not going to let him put his jersey in the rafters. Nah, don't give, him, don't give him a statue. Don't give him none of that. Like, wow. didn't we? They didn't retire him for the Miami Heat. So why would they retire him for the Lakers? Like No, I mean when when it's all said and done, right? When when he retires and let's say Pau Gasol's jersey gets put up cuz I think they are going to put it up. I'm just I'm just wondering if if one chip is going to uh, allow uh LeBron to have his jersey hanging is, on the staples. Did they retire Shaq's jersey for Miami Heat? I don't know, Ross. I don't know if you you probably know that more than I do. Yeah, they didn't. So so yeah, they they Fair didn't enough. do it for Shaq. Why would we do it for LeBron with one chip? Hey, he has to give me Elaine. Don't worry about the Lakers, yeah. all right? Don't worry about the Lakers. Don't worry about LeBron. Just don't get killed off on on Hellstrom, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make it to season two or three, all right? Just don't get killed off. Hey, hey, man. Hey, I'll tell you what, dude. Like, I hope everyone watches the show yeah. because. Season two is going to be bananas, man. Like in terms of what, where it's going to go. So it's already, it's, it's already picked up for season two. What? It's already picked up for season two. 
Are you dropping news right now? Because I didn't know that. Oh, no, no, no. He's, oh, he's questioning. He's questioning. Oh, I thought you just said. <laughs> no, he's asking. He's asking. Yeah, is he's it picked asking. up? <laughs> uh, I'm asking I was like, dang, we got season two? Dude, <laughs> dropping news on the road podcast. I love no, that. No. no, so you guys haven't got picked up for season two yet, right? No, we don't know. Like I said, everyone, everyone has their eyes on this because uh, they don't know how this is going to work. Okay. Like they don't, I, I really feel as if it's one of those shows where they're 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 waiting they're waiting to see how fans react to it wow you know dope so that's why I'm, we're hoping right everyone watches it Tesla or you go out and get a watch what's that uh, what's the first purchase right now a watch car yeah nothing <laughs> nothing a bigger nothing. house <laughs> nah not none more of that plants man. more <laughs> plants it's funny like um what's it called uh I just I, what I would like to do for a purchase if there if I can is take Angela on a nice vacation because mm. man, she deserves it, man. She deserves wow. holding down the fort. I was gone for a whole year, man. Like she deserves nice. that. Yeah. It's beautiful. Beautiful, nice. man. I'm just I'm saying that on camera though. You know, <laughs> this is really just for... you gotta fly to I'm doing it, man. You gotta fly to Vegas when, when they announce season two is green uh greenlit. You gotta <laughs> yeah. come to Vegas and, what's up. and we're gonna spend that spend that Marvel money at Rhino. That's what we're gonna do. Hey, hey I'm there. <laughs> if it I'm opens there. up. <laughs> I am there if they open up. That's right. And social distancing, we'll be like ten feet away from them, but it's okay. We'll make it work. <laughs> He's gonna make it to the news. They'll be like Marvel star uh star of Marvel's Hellstrom was <laughs> Was caught in uh, <laughs> Spearman Rhino in Vegas with a bunch of degenerate Stumbling. DJs <laughs> stumbling out of the I started stumbling out of the dance club at uh, eight, at eight a.m. Yeah. in the morning. <laughs> it's not a good look. Wow. Yeah, you can't, not a yeah, good look. We won't do that. Don't worry. All right, man. But yo, don't worry. yo, congratulations, Elaine. Thank you for coming through, Ross. Thank you for helping us with the episode, man. Uh, we're go- we're all gonna tune in. Thursday night. I'm going to check it out, man. Tomorrow. Yeah. We're going to binge watch it. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Please do. Please uh, do. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. No, thanks. Jamie, you want to take us out? <laughs> if you want to watch this video alongside all our brand new videos that we release every Friday, go to YouTube.com slash World Podcast. Like, comment, subscribe. Hit the notification bell to be the first to get the video. And, and uh, check us out every Sunday on Twitch.tv slash Road Podcast, 8 p.m. Pacific time. We always do our battles there. And uh, we do have a three-year anniversary coming up. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. And then, uh, yo, we out, man. Peace. Peace. Peace.